Talking ticks. Politics, that is. The inflation. The abortion. That's what's coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So the midterms are pretty much over, and uh, it's not going to be any crazy changes in America, but there, some stuff happened. So the Democrats kept control of the Senate with a teeny, teeny margin. The thing that matters with that is judges. So they get to, or Biden can keep appointing judges and the Senate will confirm them. I think if the Republicans had got the Senate with a teeny, teeny margin, they would have said no to every single judge, um, which is not how it used to be. You know, the Senate used to be the collegial, friendly part of Congress, and they would pass judges for any president. But anyways, ever since uh, Scalia died, and anyway, the knives came out, and so anyways, so they would have had no judges passed these next two years, but the answer is all, they will all be passed. And I guess the Senate... Another thing about the Senate is that the Senate is not going to be able to investigate Hunter Biden or whatever it is that they want because whoever controls each part of Congress gets to control what's investigated. And so that's what's going to change with the House. The uh, Republicans have a slim, slim majority there instead of the Democrats who had that previously. But, you know, the investigate or the Democrats are like, hey, we can choose what to investigate, right? So they investigated January 6th for two years. And now maybe the... Republicans are going to investigate Hunter Biden and Joe Biden for two years. And like I always say, right, the Democrats and the Republicans, they all just do what the rich people tell them to do. So it's not whatever, you know, it's not as consequential as it should be. And so when they said they're going to, I think, you know, some Republicans like on day one, we're going to start investigating Hunter Biden. I heard that and I was like, you know what? Whatever. I mean, I'm not a Republican, but I was hoping they might do something good, you know, Maybe they could win me over, but I just when he said that, I can already see they're not going to do jack shit that's, that I approve of as far as investigations go. I mean, you can investigate Hunter Biden a little bit. That's fine. But what I want is for them to, like, you know, con- uh, yeah, con- congressional investigations, they can subpoena stuff that they want. Like, normally, I think you have to have a reason. Like, you know, anywhere else in the legal system, anywhere else in America, you have to have a reason to put a subpoena on someone and say, show me your emails or whatever. But Congress has that power, maybe in the Constitution or something. And so I'd like to see all the internal emails from, like, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Apple, Amazon, whoever, all those motherfuckers. I'd like to see all the internal emails that those guys did concerning COVID and Black Lives Matter and everything else. Just all the stuff that the media has been lying about. First, I'd like to see all the big tech companies and what they were, how they participated in the lying you know, lying by omission, etc., banning people who said the wrong thing, and it turned out they were right. The wrong thing was the correct answer. And I'd also like to see all the emails at the CDC and the all the health care places that were the health government things that were involved with uh, COVID, like the CDC. You know, purposely, purposefully withheld um, data on certain age groups. They're like, here's how bad COVID is for old people. And you're like, well, how bad is it for young people? They're like, oh, we're not going to tell you that. Like, I want to see the in- emails going back and forth. Where they're like, oh, it looks like it isn't that bad for young people. The American public is a bunch of idiots. If we tell them that it's not that bad for young people, we're going to get the wrong result. Like, I want to, you know, I want to see all of those emails. And there's probably many other things like that. And I don't think the Republicans are going to do anything about it. First off, they can't investigate COVID because the CDC 
is related to the big pharma, big pharmaceutical companies. And in particular, big pharma has bought all 100 of the senators in the Senate and all 438 House members in the House. Like every single one of those people gets their money from big pharma because big pharma gets so freaking much money from ripping off America that it's just a drop in the bucket. It's just a pissant thing for them to just take some of that, a tiny bit of that money they steal from America and then just buy every single politician in America, you know, every single politician, right? All they owned all the loot. Everyone who lost in this last, last midterms was also bought by big pharma. So, I mean, you know, they, they, they own the winners and the losers and they own the Democrats and the Republicans. They own everybody. And so this was considered a big victory for the Democrats because everyone was predicting, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I would have said the same thing. Everyone I listened to, right, left, center, woke, anti-woke, everyone was saying the Republicans were going to crush, and then they didn't. So, you know, now the Democrat, Democrats are coming out smelling like a rose. Biden's looking real good. Trump's looking like a fool. Like, I can't remember if it was the, it was the people handpicked by Trump or maybe uh, the election deniers or maybe both. You know, the election deniers handpicked by Trump, I think the eight big dogs out of that, they all lost, every single one of them. It was like three senators, four governors, and something else. And so, I mean, you know, I think at, you know, at lower levels or you know, state houses or whatever, people you never heard of, I'm sure there's some election deniers that got elected, but it was kind of a, it was a pretty clear statement by the voters that, whatever, let's move on. Let's move the, you know, even if I don't like that election, let's move the fuck on. And Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, he won by 20 points. So he came out smelling like a rose. And so there's more, you know, there's going to be more and more speculation about him going against Trump for 2024. And Trump announced himself uh, the other day. I think, I think he was going to announce like the day before the election. <laughs> and apparently he's got people, people that he listens to sometimes. I, I, I didn't know he listened to anyone, but apparently his people said, why don't you wait till afterwards? And so then he said, you know, on November such and such a date, I've got a special thing to tell you. You know, watch, you know, watch me carefully on that night. And so he kind of locked himself into announcing his election bid. And I don't know, like I say, it was the other day. It was, it was right about the time that, that people knew the Democrats would keep control of the Senate and that all the election deniers lost. It was not ideal timing, but he locked himself into it. And his speech was kind of interesting. I, mean, I didn't watch the speech, but I, I, don't know, I saw like a five-second clip or something. And it looked like he was on sedatives. Like normally Trump is a, I mean, he, he gives a hell of a speech. You know, what, say what you like about the guy. He gives a hell of a speech. But it looks like they put him on tranquilizers. And I think he read the whole speech off of a teleprompter. So he didn't go off the rails. Or at least he tried to go, stay on the teleprompter. And generally did. And so the interesting thing was, there's two interesting things. He looked like he was on sedatives because he was reading a speech written by someone else, and he did not say the election was stolen. And so the media exaggerates how much he talks about the election being stolen. I've said this before, you know, if he gives a two-hour speech and talks about the election being stolen for three minutes, then, you know, that's the only part that the media will talk about. Although, I mean, it's an important part. It's the thing that got a bunch of Republicans to lose... um, Senate races this year, for instance, so it's important that way. But is he going to de-emphasize that? Has his crew got enough control over him to convince him that maybe you shouldn't be talking about the election being stolen? Maybe you should talk about how you're going to... What did he say? He's going to make America great and glorious again. Magaga. 
And so this is considered a great victory for the Democrats. Like they asked uh, Joe Biden, like, you know, what, what, what have you done wrong? What have you been doing wrong? And what are you going to change going into the future? He's like, the voters have spoken. Everything I did was perfect. We're not, we ain't changing the damn thing. And it's kind of how you look at it. Uh, I think something, don't quote me on these numbers, something like about, about 20 Republican senators won and about 15 Democrat senators won. So it was actually more Republican senators that won. It just happened to be that you know, the Republicans that won won, won, a, won a Senate seat that was already held by a Republican. And the Democrats who won won a seat that was already held by a Democrat, etc. And then the House was almost 50-50 before. So now it's just instead of being 49% and 51%, now it's 51% and 49%. So it really didn't... You know, it's kind of like the voters have spoken. And what they said is, we are divided exactly 50-50. That that's almost the most clear message from the whole thing is that, you know, it's a landslide if it's 47 to 53. Like, that's a crazy giant win because most of them were like 49 to 51. And some of them came down to just like a few thousand votes out of millions. And Pelosi stepped down as Speaker of the House and some, I believe, a moderate black male rep is taking over for her now it doesn't really matter like the the senate has a bunch of stuff where the minority party can kind of throw a gear in the wrench and fuck up the majority party but the house is like whoever is the speaker of the house they control everything just if you got that person then that's all you got they're one of the rare people who's mentioned in the i think the constitution constitution says yeah we got a president we got a vice president we got a Speaker of the House, and I don't even know what they say about the Senate. Maybe nothing. And Speaker of the House, right, that's third in line. Uh, if you can kill the President and the Vice President with shooting down the right airplane or something like that, boom, Speaker of the House is now President. And I said some of this stuff before, but uh, voters generally said they don't want restrictions on abortion. They, th they think the economy is terrible, but they don't think the Republicans are the solution. Do they really think that democracy was on the line? We don't know, but they generally did not vote for people who said the election was stolen. And so now we're getting ready for the uh, 2024 presidential election and, to a lesser extent, the Senate and the House. And so, you know, who's going who's gonna to win the House in 2024? Uh, I think, you know, look, look for the vibe. I think I, men I mentioned this a long time ago, but there was a... I don't know, New York, it wasn't New Yorker, maybe, New Yorker article talking about the vibe, and now everywhere I turn around and listen to, like, political pundits and just whatever, just people, talking heads on YouTube, etc., everyone's using the word vibe, so look for that. I mean, it's always been a word. I feel like in the 80s, we used to say vibe more, and then we stopped doing it, and now vibe is back, big time, baby. And so depending on the vibe, you get a bunch of Republicans, get a bunch of Democrats, who knows what in the House. I mean, I think, you know, the House is 435 people, and I think only 50 or so of the seats are not completely, utterly gerrymandered, where just, you know, the Democrat or the Republican automatically wins, right? You know, you just put the R or the D next to them, they could just be a glass of water and they'd still win. So there's about 50 seats that kind of control it, so... Whoever wins, it's going to be a slim majority no matter what. Well, and I should say, I think House and the Senate, 2024, if Trump is the nominee, I think there's a decent chance that he can bring the whole Republican Party down in flames and take everyone out with him. 
But unless he does that, it's looking like um, Republicans are going to get the Senate big time in 2024. There's a bunch of leftover Democrats from, I guess, four years ago for some reason. And so, like, there's a Democrat senator in South Dakota, North Dakota, I think, like, Montana. Anyways, a bunch of very red states have Democratic senators, and um, they're probably not going to they're probably not going to win. And so. Republicans are going to come up big in the Senate, most likely in 2024, like I say, barring Trump bringing everyone down. And so now the question is, is Biden going to run again? He wants to run again. He's going to run again. He's looking pretty good right now, um, you know, after what happened here. He didn't, didn't, you know, he didn't win big, but he didn't lose big, which is what everyone say it was saying was going to happen. And so, I don't know. He's just old. He's an old man. And so... Who knows what could happen in two more years of being old. I mean, it would not surprise me if he makes it two more years, becomes president, and then has to quit. But I don't think he's going to, I don't, you know, we'll see. People are like, oh, we need to get someone else to run. I don't think that's happening. Uh, like, We need to get rid of Kamala. Everyone hates her. Anyways, sorry, you're stuck with her. We'll probably have President Kamala here in about, I don't know what, three years, maybe. And then that all depends on... Donald Trump and the Republican voters. Like Republican voters like Donald Trump, not all of them. And I think you know if they I think nowadays the polls, I mean polls, I should talk about the polls. Anyways, the polls are saying that Ron DeSantis would beat Donald Trump if it was just those two. If the Republicans had to choose just between those two, then Ron DeSantis would win. But what happened in 2016 and when Trump won and may happen in 2024 again is that it probably ain't just Ron DeSantis. It's going to be Donald Trump versus Ron DeSantis and five other people who think they're all just as good as Ron DeSantis. And so if you divide, you know, so, you know, if Trump gets 30% and then you divide the other 70% up amongst seven people who each get 10%, then Trump crushes them. Kind of a divide and conquer. And we don't know, you know, like if it's Ron DeSantis is doing pretty good. And then there's some third guy, like maybe, uh, they're talking about Greg Youngkin, governor of Virginia, you know, maybe the governor of Georgia or the governor of Texas. They're both looking kind of good. So basically if it's just, if it comes down to three people, if the Republican voters are like, there's three people, it's Trump, DeSantis, and some other guy, then that some other guy can say, you know what? I'll just be the vice president. Why don't you, if you're going to vote for me, why don't you just vote for DeSantis instead? And so maybe they can take out Trump. We'll see. And then the polling, um, I feel like I said all this stuff before, whatever. Um, <coughs> it was way off in 2016, and Trump won. It was like, no way Trump could win. I bet it. I bet $10 on Hillary Clinton. I lost my 10 bucks. And I think in 2018, whatever. I think they were. I think. I think they were decent. Actually, I can't remember. So you got 2016, 2018, and 2020. I think two out of the three, the pollsters were completely wrong, and then maybe the other one they were just kind of wrong. Anyways, this time around, 2022, they got it exactly right. And so the reason why everyone was so surprised by the results was like the poll was like, it's 50-50 between these two people. And that turned out to be correct. But people were like, oh, when you say it's 50-50, I bet that means that you know, Republicans are not answering their phones, and so you can throw an extra 3% on there for the Republicans, and 50-50 means the Republican can win, or will win. 
Anyways, for whatever reason, this time the pollsters got it right. And so the thing I really want to know about this election is, how did the Latino-Hispanic people vote? And I don't think we have a definitive answer yet, but I was listening to uh, NPR's Left, Right, and Center this morning, and, you know, that's a totally left-wing, woke program. So if they say something nice about Republicans, I think you can believe them. And they said that from the 2018 midterms to the 2022 midterms, the uh, Republican-Democrat gap went from 40% down to 21%. And I don't really like stating it that way. I mean, that's, that's one way to say it. But I guess, you know, the other way to say it would be that in 2018, Latinos voted for Democrats, 70% of them did, and 30% of them voted for Republicans. And so in this, this midterm that just happened, um, it went from that to 60-40. So 60% Dem, 40% Republican. And so basically if you go, so, you know, so how many Latinos voted for Republicans four years ago? 30%. How many voted for Republicans this time? 40%. That's four years later. If heaven forbid that trend continued, then in four years, not counting the presidential election, it'd be 50-50. I guess to do some quick back-of-the-napkin math, so 10% of the 20% of America that's Latino would be a 2% change. And so basically, all the 50-50s would then would be 52% Republican. Whatever. It'd be 2%. It'd be 2% extra for Republicans, which would be enough to make them win in a whole bunch of the things that just happened. And I said before, Republican politicians are all pieces of shit who just do what rich people want them to do. But they're also sometimes your only hope when you got a bunch of woke Democrats. I mean, you know, you, know, you got two hopes. That either the Republicans will start helping the middle class, which they're never going to do, or that the Democrats are stop being woke, which they're never going to do. So, anyways... But, you know, if you're, I don't know if I'm, yeah, I'm kind of an optimist. I'm a little bit optimistic that one of those two things will happen. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.